Hello and welcome to another episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. The title of this episode is The Ever-Evolving Role of Point of Sale, What Lies Ahead for 2022? And here to help us navigate that topic are our two favorite retail technology experts. Back with us again are Jeff Patterson, a 20-year veteran of Red Iron Technology, where he serves as CTO. Jeff, great to see you again. Good to see you. Thanks. Also back is Barry Egerter, uh, Red Iron's COO, and he's been part of the Red Iron team for nearly six years, has worked in the retail tech industry for many years beyond that. Hello again, Barry. Good to see you, Jim. Good to be back. Yeah, great to have you here. So to our viewers, if you're not familiar with Red Iron, they're a multi-vendor systems integrator that helps retailers implement, extend, or maintain any major retail software system. Red Iron is forging retail innovation and solving retailer pain points through technology. For more information on the company, visit redirontech.com. All right, so before we discuss what lies ahead for point-of-sale systems, let's look back for a little bit. So the cash register was invented so the shop owner could leave their store occasionally and then prevent employees from pocketing their cash, right, instead of just leaving it in a big box that was open there. And today, POS systems do far, far more uh, than ever before and far, far more than they did many, many years ago. And it's expected to manage both front-end and back-end operations of the entire business. So, Jeff, going from where we were to where we are today, how did we get here? Yeah, well, here varies a lot from sector to sector, certainly within retail. I mean, there's there's still um, <laughs> there's still places where they wouldn't look much different from back in the uh, back in the early days. You know, they're still running really antiquated Soviet era software and hardware, uh, and that really you know it makes some sense in terms of you know some some. Some business models haven't changed much. If you think of a dollar store, sort of a, a quick convenience store, but if you think about sort of a, a more sophisticated end of retail, it has changed significantly to where the point of sale system really, you know, is just your in-person selling interface into the entire supply chain. So, you know, there, there's and 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 I would say we're not quite there yet, as I described. So that we don't currently have anything in, available in the market that is where it needs to be in terms of being, you know, a, a portal into the entire uh, supply chain and allowing a um, in-person interaction to be sort of fully optimized. But that's that's sort of where we're headed and where we are depends really on the segment of the market you serve and and maybe your level of investment. Yeah, that's a good point. There's really a range of point of sale systems or not, certainly a one size uh, fits all. And so, uh, Barry, let's talk about a little bit more of the sophisticated systems. So how sophisticated are these POS solutions today compared to what we saw in the 80s and 90s, right? Windows, Unix run solutions, and then also what, what drove that evolution? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the interesting part is uh, that part is still there, right? I mean, there's there's still a good footprint for both Windows and Unix. So it's not like it ever went away, much like Jeff was saying. And, and kind of to the point that you said earlier about, you know, they've, they've gone from Soviet era uh, environments. Uh, I know um, there's a cottage that I rent with family in the summer and on the property down by the lakefront, there is a small general store and it's run by the older couple that owns the property. And when you go in there, there's candy, there's there's all kinds of quick grabs, and, and uh, ice cream is the favorite by far. All the kids go down there after their busy day at the pool or the beach, and they grab some, some ice cream. And they have a, a, a wooden drawer that comes out of the counter with cash in it, 
and when they do a sale, they write on a, a little ledger by hand, and they calculate the tax and everything by hand. They don't even have a calculator. And you know the needs of the business in that case are such that they don't have a different business model they have to follow. All their customers are on site, and there's no competition. They all just go to that store at the end of the day, and the people run that business all their lives the exact same way. They've never had to evolve. So you know the the systems today have evolved mostly because of internet and tech. I mean it's it's made it possible to have two-way communications, data analytics. You've got tablets and mobile devices as far as hardware goes, so you can run uh, Android and iOS operating systems, and they're all connected, right? And they're sharing information two ways in real time. This old couple has no need to know a loyalty program for their customers. They, they rent every year in the property, and when they want ice cream, they go to the one store that's right there. So. So I'd say you know the the systems you talk about today have evolved because of competition, because of business needs, because of the un, the need to know your customer, uh, customer retention. You know, trying to get somebody to come back and 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 be a good loyal customer that doesn't shop elsewhere and and go to your competition. So I think the solutions today have evolved just to meet those needs, and because of the capabilities of the networking and the data. Uh, on, on both sides of the client and the server side or the cloud side, I think that just is a huge realm of possibilities of what you could do as a business owner and how you could utilize all that information and tech to make sure that you know business comes back. Yeah, that, that's a I think a really good point that there are these outside forces that are driving it because I know uh, a, a reseller who I've talked with over many years. He said like I'm I'm honest with myself. I'm a necessary evil. Right, the the restaurateurs, the retailers, the grocery stores, right? They're not like, ooh, we went into business for point of sale systems, right? They just mm -hmm. need to have it uh, because of, like you said, they need to serve better, they need to serve faster, they have more sophisticated, uh, sophisticated inventory. So, well, I, you know, I have to say, so I'm old enough. I'm 51, just about to turn 52. My high school job was at the Erie Zoo. Um, everybody would say, you worked at the zoo, do you shovel elephant poop? Like that was always a thing. Like, no, they're actually, you know, there are retail establishments there, but we still had old systems where I was trained on a cash register, where if it was a dollar 35, you put on a one, right? A 25 and a 10 and chunk and kind of do all those right. things yeah. together, right? And then the bing, you know, the, the, the drawer would pop out. But again, the zoo was in a different spot, but as time went on, they wanted to integrate everything and make sure it knew everything that was going on instead of all the cash counting. Uh, that they had to do. So, all right. Well, uh, interesting. Yeah, that we've seen the transition. And so let's talk about something that they never considered back in 1879 when the cash register was invented. And if you're like, Jim, how do you know that that's when it was invented? Uh, this is a book that I have. Uh, it's called Wherever Men Trade. So first it's, you know, an inappropriate gender specific name, Wherever Men Trade, but it's a subtitle, The Romance of the Cash Register. Uh, and so it's a book I got many, many years ago. You know, it's like some library sale or something. But it, it really talks about how NCR was founded, why it was founded uh, and everything like that. So, so let's talk about something that is not addressed in the book here, Jeff. And it's, you know, talk about its POS interoperability. And can you talk about how vital POS interoperability uh, is for today's retailers? I saw the movie, by the way. I didn't read the book. So. Um, yeah. I guess it does sound like a movie, The Romance of the Cash Register. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, taking a lot of liberties with the, I mean, they're, they're, you'd look hard to find romance in the cash register, but whatever gets you through. The um, 
so POS interoperability, I'll try and get back on track. So, um, so, so let's talk about sort of the sophisticated business model where, where Barry's right. You know, you've got all these, um, you've got all these competing pre, uh, competitors and your customers are wanting more and more. And if you're not able to do anything more than just take the items and put them in a bag and exchange money with the customer, you're missing opportunities that your um, competitors are taking advantage of. So they try and know to the level that is appropriate for the interaction, the customer, and try and entice them back, try and make sure that they feel like they have a secure and, and, and well-informed decision-making process uh, that they're supporting. So all of that needs something more than a disconnected application running, just checking out um, things. But even, even when we say, um, even if you weren't doing clienteling or anything sophisticated in that way, um, you know, you have to have you have to make sure that you've got uh, your channels aligned in terms of pricing strategy. So everything you're doing needs to be reflected. Everything you're doing on the corporate side needs to be reflected in the store, and so that brings up the need to have a um, have a connected POS. Now, how connected POSs are has been evolving. So, you know, historically they are periodically connected. So there will be a download of some configuration or pricing information, and then it can run essentially uh, disconnected. But, you know, as payment has evolved where you're running always connected payments, and where you want to do sort of a more sophisticated interaction with your customer in terms of something you might know about them historically, or even just something based on their basket you might want to propose to them. The need for the POS to be always connected has increased. Now, there's at some point you would think that that might turn into where the POS doesn't even run in the store, but um, that's not quite yet, just because you know the, the reliability of the, you have to be able to get people through your lanes. And so there is still sort of this concept of an application that will run locally, whether you're connected or not. Um, but but generally speaking, um, I would say, you know, where historically POSs could run if they were connected 10% of the time, now that's switched, you wanna have something that's, that's connected 90% of the time. So you're as, you know, as legitimate as possible in terms of your customers, interaction with you, they, they they have this picture that all these systems are very sophisticated and connected, and you want to, you know, maintain that facade for them. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And so Barry, based on what Jeff just said, and also based on your experience, do you still see the point of sale? At, is that still the heart of the store? Or is it now just another node, you know, in this giant tech stack? I personally think it's just another node. Um, you know, the, I don't know if there is a heart of a store anymore. If there was a heart, it's probably in people's pockets. It's their mobile phones, right? So I think, I think it's just another node. I know I always think of the, uh, the checkouts as just a place I have to go in order to get out the door with my product. And it's just a matter of, you know, how, how quickly am I going to get through that process? How, you know, is it going to be pain-free or am I going to have to struggle? So a lot of these other points that we've been making about, you know, the customer experience and, you know, the interoperability, I mean, it's it's all together when you go through that process, right? Self-checkouts are a big thing now, right? So, you know, people trying to skip the other lines going to the self-checkout because they're confident in their ability to do the same operations, scan, pay, bag it, and leave. You know, pretty simple stuff for people that feel comfortable doing that. Um, you know, there's, there's kiosks throughout the store, 
there's all kinds of other things that sort of take away from the point of sale where it used to be, you know, if you went to a really big multi-floor department store, you used to have to go to a specific register to deal with an associate, right? And and there may be people wandering around the store stocking shelves or, or putting clothes on the, on the hook or whatever, but, you know, you, you knew if you wanted to interact with the, the staff at the store, you had to go to one of those registers. And it doesn't really feel that way anymore. It feels like the registers are more just to pay and leave. So your experience as a customer is more spread throughout the store. And the fact that you have that little mobile device in your pocket, you can do some research, you can look up competitors' pricing, you can read about the, the product from the vendors without having to go and interact with anyone. It's all right there. Right. So I think I think the heart of the store is no longer the point of sale. If it ever was, that's moved away dramatically. And I think there's a lot of other different components that are competing for that. And uh, I myself uh, definitely feel like I've just got to get checked out. And that's when I interact with the point of service of any kind. Yeah. And you, you put me in my time machine. I remember in the department store, right? You had to check out in that department. You couldn't even take it over to another right. department. Like, no, you right. got to go, you know, help out somebody there. And just like today, people would be like, are you out of your mind? Like, I can do yeah. this from anywhere. You don't uh, dare and, take any electronics over to the shoe section or anything, vice versa, right? It's just you, you have to stay in that area for sure. Yeah. I, I remember like you couldn't do men's formal and men's, you know, casual. <laughs> like you couldn't cross <laughs> there. You're like, well, what's the difference? It's with the right. register here. So, yeah, we, yeah, we've certainly certainly come a long way uh, from that. So, uh, Jeff, I want you to, to weigh in on this. So, you know, we said at the outset that the POS system is ever evolving. And so help us look around the corner now. What advancements related to POS are you expecting in 2022 and beyond? Uh yeah, I'll focus on beyond because the timing of this is, you know, it, it, that the, I'm, I'm a little, in, in terms of when this will happen, I'm not sure, but, but to me, it's, it's certain that um, POS will become more, will become less of a focus in terms of an application that is running rather than just a portal into your enterprise systems that, you know, it might have to run, uh, it might have to have the capability of running independently, but it's not an application that is going to be driving your business. Your investment in your enterprise systems is really where that's at. So, you know, you've got, um, you've got a bunch of nodes running out in your, in your stores. And I think also just in terms of, you know, is POS the heart of the store? I think additionally, the store isn't really going to be part of the heart of the store. Again, if you, if your focus is enterprise, then all you've got is a bunch of nodes interacting with that. Some of those might be, you know, coming out of your e-commerce system. Some might be from your traditional stores, but some might be pop-ups. And so really what it is, is more of a, you know, point-to-point -point interaction with your endpoints. And your endpoints might be a POS application that has some sophistication, can run on its own, can do some things disconnected. But really the um, direction, I think, is to get all of this software and hardware out of these stores and running centrally and the store just becomes so much more lightweight from a from a systems perspective you've got your all your assets uh, managed in your in your cloud or in your in your data center and all you're really doing from a POS perspective is you know it, it's it's just servicing the customer through the same interaction that you've already invested heavily in for your enterprise selling systems 
Yeah, this is almost making me think like I should have rephrased my earlier question, not is the POS still at the heart of the store, but does a store even have a heart, right? Is there a heart of a store or is the heart actually somewhere else and everything else uh, is connected? That's how it seems like you're you're seeing it, Jeff. I, I would I would I would make a proviso here. There is still a um, a pretty heavy um, uh, footprint of um, franchisers, and that model is still much more where the store is autonomous. And so the the model that that sort of breaks that model a little bit, and that you really do need um, to run a business out of your out of your individual franchise. Now it gets complicated because franchises are collected and, and stuff like that but but that would that would be the one exception I would make that we do we do a fair amount amount of work with franchise franchisees and and that that can sort of bend that model a little bit Great. Thank you. And Barry, as all our uh, regular listeners know, this podcast is all about actionable information. So based on our discussion today, what steps do you recommend to retailers? What should steps should they take regarding the ever-changing role of POS systems? Yeah, I think we've mentioned this a few times. It's it's really taking stock of what you've got and what you need, right? So if your business is stagnated in any way because it's been relying on a particular uh, POS system, you might want to look at you know what you're missing from functional or flow or process, and and see if it's something that you can can add to that existing system, or if there's really just other solutions out there that that meet those needs. So. You know, understanding, you know, where you're at is the first part is, is saying, you know, how, wh where am I? Am I doing the same thing I did 10 years ago? If so, pretty much can assume that there's better ways of doing it by now. Uh, but vice versa, you know, if you've, if you've got a very new system, there might be other things you can, can leverage within it that you just don't understand you can take advantage of. So, so it really is take stock of, you know, what you've got and what you need as a business and, and understanding the system's capabilities. And we've talked about it time and time again. These systems are so complex that quite often there's there's bits and pieces there that just aren't being utilized to their uh, the best of their capabilities. So uh, it's it's often just you know tweaking configurations or changing what you have and working with it uh, to enhance some of your processes. But then you know talking to people who work with systems like that, you know like us, uh, there's there's many uh, blogs and and. Uh, people on the web that can share their thoughts on this sort of thing. So doing your research, doing your homework, and really understanding where it is you want to go. Great. Yeah, where are you and, and where do you want to go? And uh, something you said uh, is uh, an exact quote from uh, the book, again, Wherever Men Trade, The Romance of the Cash Register. And it's uh, talking about NCR. Why did they decide to get into this, you know, essentially the point of sale business? And they said we should get into a business with limitless possibilities. And so that might seem like, well, that seems like a, a stretch for a cash register, but really what it's become, that's kind of what we were talking about is, right, there are limitless possibilities in terms of how you manage a store. And again, that was said over 100 years ago, and, and here we are today. So again, if there are limitless, limitless possibilities, so make sure you lean on your trusted advisors to navigate it. So, all right, well, that does it for this episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the Red Iron YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Just go to YouTube and search Red Iron Retail to find us. Before we go, thanks again to Jeff and Barry for sharing their wisdom with us once again today. Thanks also to Red Iron Marketing Director Jeff Williamson for his production work. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. For more information and retail technology best practices, visit the Red Iron website at RedIronTech.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody.